In fact, I think you got Kim to fly out to the track or something like that. So, I mean, I told him right away. I told him right away. Uh, so I went up to his translator, Leo, and I was like, "Hey, Leo, I need you to, you know, tell Kimmy something for me." He's like, "Yeah, what's that?" And I was like, "Let him know he's over one." <laughs> and, and he got it. We got a good laugh out of it. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode number 192 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media. And today we move out to the NL West, and I guess the American League Central, since the Padres are in Minnesota to take on the Twins, with the veteran first baseman slash DH slash do everything these days, the Fohawk wearing Matt Carpenter. That is, is that just your bedhead or is that Fohawk at choice at 37 years old? I think it's a little bit more bedhead than Fohawk, to be honest. It's a, I just came from the gym, so it might just be like sweaty workout hair. That is impressive, dude. You already got hey, your workout in? At this age, you got to get moving earlier. You won't get moving at all. So what? what's a workout on a game day for you look like? Uh, I'll just go in um, and just, I mean, just typical, like today was an upper body day. I like to get my workouts done, like at the hotel, on the road, in the morning. Um, so that when I get to the field, you know, it, the, the visiting weight rooms are a little smaller than the home weight rooms. And it could be a scramble sometimes with a bunch of guys trying to get their lifts in. So I just like to get it. I like to get up, get it out of the way. Plus, I mean, you know, I'm just a you know older guy who gets up early and goes to bed early. So you just want to get it, get that, uh, get that part of the day over with. Yeah, but you haven't hit the, the part where I've hit because I'm 15 years older than you. I've hit the part where at two or three in the morning. I got to get up and go. Don't worry, that's coming. Get up and go to work out Tinkle. or go to the bat. That's what I thought. Okay, yeah. I've heard that. <laughs> Not looking forward to it. Not looking forward to it. Matt, what part what part of this body thought I was working out at 2 or 3 in the morning? Hey, I can only see you from the neck up right now. So I mean, from the neck up you look great. <laughs> Thanks. I'm trying <laughs> to hold my own. Do you um do you fast and then work out or do you have a cup? Co- you know, you got to have coffee or something before you do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, like, as soon as my feet hit the ground in the morning, a cup of black coffee sometimes too, but I'll, I'll, I'll work out without um, eating and then, you know, get done working out, grab a, grab a bite to eat smoothie, something light, and then head on over to the field and get ramped up. Are you a first bus guy still? You know, not as much um, now, uh, I'm like a we have three buses here in San Diego which is a new development for me I haven't had a team that did three um, so I go with the middle slot so like today we got a one a 230 and a 330 I'll be on the 230 okay do you have a bus partner you know a, a lot of guys no to answer your question a lot of guys take the first bus the second bus it's kind of just like me and some of the media guys Third bus, I don't know who's on that. Might be a few guys. But a lot of guys take the 1 o'clock. Okay. It's good. I like to hear that. Because it's, you know, for so long, you were in one way of life, right? It was the cardinal way for you for like a dozen years. And now (laughs) in the last two years, you've had to kind of find your way for a guy who had to do that for the first time in his mid-30s. Was it strange? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, putting on – I think, you know, just – Seeing how other teams do certain things, I mean, you know, better for worse, you know. I mean, some things, you know, like, you know, I've been really lucky. Uh, the two places that I've been, obviously, you know, getting to go to the Yankees last year and seeing how they do things. I mean, just the 
another great organization, prestigious organization with a ton of ton of history. So and just it's funny, you know, there's a lot of similarities between St. Louis and New York, but there's also a lot of differences, you know, and it's just, you know, success. I, I believe success leaves footprints. So there's some things that they do that are very similar. And then, um, you know, you just a, it's a different animal playing in the city of New York versus the midst, you know, the Midwest, St. Louis. So there's some things that are just a little bit different, a little bit more challenging. And then, you know, it's really been really fun to kind of be in San Diego here on the West coast, just a totally different feel, totally different way of doing things, but also, you know, a, a really good team that cares a lot and works hard and just doing it. You know, everybody's different. We're all different. And it's been fun to kind of, you know, see it, but, to your point at the beginning, it's challenging because you, you know, you, you come up a certain way, you're used to things being a certain way and everybody kind of has their own way of doing stuff. When you got to New York, cause you're a Texas kid and then you spend, you know, basically 15 years in an organization and then you got to move on. New York is not easy. Like I love visiting, but I don't know if I could live there for several months. Did you live in the city? Did you take the subway? What the hell did you do? <laughs> it was crazy you know i uh i've i've had very little experience in new york city the only times that i've ever stepped foot in that city were, were when we played the mets um you know being in the national league and then the one time i think it was 2017 where we played uh the yankees um in interleague play so i mean we're talking like three days at a time once a year that you know i my experience and you know I, i'm I'm typically a guy that when I'm on the road, I don't do a lot. You know, it's like go to the game, come back to the hotel, go to sleep, go back to the game. You know, just kind of that's kind of my thing. I'm not really a guy who gets out a ton. So I had next to no experience in that city. Um, we signed with the Yankees, move into downtown Manhattan, uh, you know, get an apartment on 52nd and 7th. And I'm just thrown right into the middle of it. You know, we're full go, like living in downtown New York and, Man, I, I'll be honest with you. I I loved it. I it was a great experience. I think you know I'd be lying if I if I if I were to say that that would have been an easy thing to play ten years there. I mean, I have so much respect for the guys who like Derek Jeter who made a who made a career, you know, and many others that just played there for as long as they have. I mean, because there are some you know from especially from a you know guy like me from Texas, there are some challenges there, but. Listen, the city of New York's great. Playing for Yankees, obviously a dream come true. And then those fans and the passion that they have, it, it, it was nothing. It was such a thrill for me and my family um, and a great experience I'll never forget. So you've got two youngish kids. How old are your kids? I got a, I got a six and five-year-old. That oh, I, I would say, like, I mean, if I was, you know, and that's the thing, you know, I, I think about Derek, you know, and just – not that I say it makes it easier. I mean, you know, him being the face of that franchise and, and dealing with, you know, the media and all the pressures and things that come up playing in New York. But for me, I, I think the hardest thing was just, it was more on my, on my kids, you know, living in that apartment in downtown Manhattan is a six and five year old that just want to go all day long. I mean, I can't tell you, we woke up, I was like a seven block walk from central park and my son would wake me up every morning at 8am and we'd walk to central park and hit wiffle balls in the, in the fields out there and he was uh relentless in his you know knocking on that door and saying let's go so you know that was a challenge on dad more than maybe him but um we made the best of it we we enjoyed it and you know there were some challenges but you know i i i I'd do it all over again what was the biggest challenge 
you know, just, just like, I guess for a guy, you know, I just, for me, um, you know, t 11 years in St. Louis, having my own car, driving to the stadium, 15 minutes, game's over, 15 minutes, I'm back at home, putting my kids to bed. New York, I mean, didn't have a car. You know, I, I got a driver, which taking me some, almost 45, 50 minutes to get to the park, and then same way coming home. And, um, you know, it's, it's just different, you know. I mean, it's just a totally different, you know, lifestyle and, you know, living in downtown Manhattan, which was great, versus the suburbs of St. Louis. I mean, it, it was just a different – it was a totally different experience and not necessarily a, a bad experience, but just totally different. And, you know, sometimes – the different things can be challenging because you're just trying to get used to them, you know, and just trying to figure out how to make it work. But man, I mean, it was a lot of fun um, and a great new experience for not, not, not just me, but my family and um, you know, something we'll never forget. Listeners and viewers of the Rose rotation. There has never been a better time to fan like a champ. Thanks to the good people over at Foco.com. Foco is officially licensed by both major league baseball and the MLBPA. They have a wide range of products, everything from floral shirts to this baby, the straw hat, loungewear, much more. And they have player and mascot bobbleheads. Look at my guy Slider. Look at him. He's getting ready for the summer with the air tube, and he's got the drink and everything. Huh? Look at him. You think he's ready for summer? You should be ready as well. In fact, my 17-year-old Brady, he's a camp counselor at a baseball camp during the summer. When it's really hot out here, like 100 degrees, he's like, Dad, give me the Foco straw hat. That is my official hat of the summer. So it's never been easier to find the gear, find your fandom, and let everybody know where your allegiance lies. Foco.com has everything you need to get through the 162-game schedule and beyond, whether you're taking in the action at the ballpark, taking it easy, watching the game at home, hanging out on the couch, or you know, on a raft in the pool. So if you're ready to take your team spirit to the next level, head on over to foco.com slash John Boy. That is F-O-C-O dot com slash John Boy. Get ready to gear up. And right now, our listeners, use the code word John Boy, 15% off your first order. That's foco.com. Find your fandom. Slider says so. Listen, I want to get to a lot of stuff with the Padres, but I do want to ask you one thing about Aaron Judge. As a guy who has lived and breathed it the way you have, throughout your career to see what he was doing and then getting a chance to hit 62. Were you almost like a baseball fan on some days there at the end of September? I mean, I don't even know if that would give it, would do it justice. I mean, I, I just looked at him like a mythical hero, you know I mean? He was like something I felt like I was watching, you know, one of the legendary Yankees that you, that you read about in books, like a Babe Ruth or a, you know, a Mickey Mantle. It's just like I'm watching this guy every day and the way he goes about it and the way he just – the presence he has. I mean, he's just a monster and just the, you know, way he handled his successes and the way he, you know, approached the media and the way he treated his teammates and the way he literally got the big hit whenever we needed it. It was just so – it was so, like, storybook. You know, it was just, like, the most amazing thing I've ever watched. And, you know, I tell a lot of people, I told a lot, I can't tell you how many people I said this to on the, over the offseason, that this guy is one of the best teammates I've ever had, one of the best people I've ever been around. But the thing that impressed me the most about him was just the way that that whole year went down for him. I mean, you think about how that season started. He, you know, went through a huge public um, negotiation, you know, turned down a contract that a lot of people were, 
you know, questioning. And then he goes out in the toughest environment in sports and go and puts up a year that, you know, will never be forgotten. And it's just like, man, I mean, the amount of pressure that that guy had day in, day out. I, I, and I tell, I say this because I remember on a what much smaller scale, the first extension I ever signed was in the middle of spring training. And I, while we were in the middle of that, I, I was like afraid to cross the street, you know, like I didn't, I'd look both ways. I like, you know, I just we didn't want to roll my ankle stepping over a curb. Like I just was so nervous all the time. And this guy was like stealing bases, robbing homers, like playing, you know, and wouldn't, you know, just playing like, like you should be and doing it, you know, with what was at stake, it was just incredible to watch. And then the performance, you know, on top of that was just, it was just really remarkable. So I want to spin back the way, way back machine to 2011. There are probably a lot of people who don't remember. You made your major league debut. I think it was one week in June. So you were actually teammates with Albert Pujols for one week as a big leaguer because he left the following offseason after winning the championship and moving out to Anaheim. What was it like walking into a clubhouse? I mean, obviously you knew him from spring training and stuff, but it's different knowing a guy in spring training and being a fellow big leaguer with Albert Pools. Do you remember a story or something that happened where you're like, holy shit, I can't believe this. Yeah. I mean, I could tell you a bunch. I mean, you know, growing up in Houston, um, as an Astros fan, uh, you know, Albert just broke our hearts, you know, consistently. Um, you know, obviously everyone remembers the big homer he hit off Brad Lidge. Um, that one stuck out, but just, you know, just, I mean, you know, I was a guy who was watching regular season games. I mean, he just, you know, we were in the division uh, with the Astros back then. and or the, I'm sorry, with the Cardinals back then. The Astros were in that division. And, you know, he just – the guy just killed us and killed killed, uh, killed most of the league. So, I mean, you know, watching him from, you know, as I was growing up following it and then to get – to be in the same clubhouse with him, it was pretty surreal. Um, but I think the, the biggest thing that I, I noticed, and I told my college coach this um, – is you know when you're a player of his caliber, and you know you could throw Judge in this in this category. Um, there's so much added. Uh, there's so much responsibility that comes with that from a teammate standpoint because everybody watches every move you make, and that was the first thing that I noticed. Like, I couldn't take my eyes off the guy. Like when I'm in the clubhouse, you know. Outside of like outside of the shower, I mean that would be awkward. You're not staring at them then. I mean, you you're literally just you're just staring at. I just caught myself staring at every movie made, and I started to think about that like on on like scale. It's just like how important that is for a team. You know, when every single person is staring at you, the responsibility that you have to not only do the right thing but you know lead. And um, he obviously did a great job of that and had a ton of success in St. Louis and, you know, was a big part of why they were, we were able to do what we were able to do. And, you know, I, I, that, that was another thing, you know, going back to Aaron, similar thing, you know, you just, everyone is in awe of this guy or these guys and you just, everybody finds yourself staring at, you're watching every move they make. And, um, you know, it's, those are the special kind of players that just draw your attention constantly, no matter what they're doing. So you were a Killer Bees fan, huh? Yeah, I was. Berkman. And that was, you know, that was another cool thing is, you know, that first year, you know, Lance was over there. You know, Lance was right. one of my favorite players. Probably probably my favorite Astro growing up. Um, 
and then you know to get in the, put on the same uniform with him and be out you know now to this day to call him a friend that's pretty cool um you know how that's all transpired so you were i imagine you were in the dugout even though you weren't dressed for the game were you in the dugout during the playoff run and the world series and everything you know i i, I didn't get to make the postseason roster um you know unfortunately but uh you know it, obviously you know made the debut got the world series ring got all that fun stuff but yeah no i wasn't i wasn't a part of the run which um you know it was disappointing but at the same time you know i understood it you know i was you know they had a pretty full group and there wasn't certainly weren't any of that to go around for me at that point so it didn't make a lot of sense for me to be there and um so no i missed out on that so i was um i was calling games for fox occasionally in like 2009 through 2011. And Daniel Del Scalso made his major league debut. And I think he was wearing number 60. And he was not on our sheet of players. And I see a guy coming out to pinch hit. And it says number 60. And we're trying to figure out. I'm looking at my stats guy. He writes down his name. And when you see the last name Del Scalso for the first time, you're in a panic as an announcer. Because you're like, that's a tough one. I butchered it. So badly. I I think it went something like, and now it's time for Daniel Disglas Disglas this really I tripped over it eight times and I apologized to his parents on the air and everything. I was like, I'm so sorry. That this is <laughs> That's a tough league. one. It was such a panic. It was such a panic back then. Man. Oh my god. Oh my so I always love I love going to St. Louis covering games, but that that is like a cringe moment for me in my broadcasting world. Oh man, yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I don't know how you guys do it. There's a lot. There's some names that I wouldn't even try. Yeah. So you had this amazing run in St. Louis, and one thing we talk about on this show a lot is how you deal because this is a sport. It's a sport of failure, right? And your last few seasons, you've talked about this. Did not go the way you wanted it to. When it ended, and they didn't decide to pick up the option and everything, how how low did it get? Did you have to share with your wife or your family like this is? this is a real hard time for me. How did you deal with that? You know, it's gonna, it's gonna sound, you know, this is, I, I, I really want this to sound not cliche because it might, but it's, but it, for me, it really is true. Um, look, I'm not going to say at all by any means, was it easier? I enjoyed it, but I'm the kind of guy and I've always been this way. I tried my best to be this way is that, you know, I try to keep the big perspective in perspective. And one thing that I've realized about my career, and it's gotten easier as I've gotten older, but for me, my biggest failures have are what leads me to some of my biggest successes. Like, you know, the things that have been the hardest and the, you know, the biggest struggles I've had to, in my career are what really have like jump started and promoted and encourage me to have some of the greatest moments of my career. Um, you know, t twice in my life, I walked off a baseball field thinking that I had played my last game. I've done that twice. The first time was in college. I didn't think I'd get drafted. You know, I was a 13th rounder who signed for a thousand bucks, fifth year senior. I was 23 years old. Um, I had never had a conversation with a scout. I had never, I didn't have an agent. I mean, when I walked off the field for my last college baseball game, I thought that was it. And, you know, the Cardinals took a chance on me. I got to play professional baseball. Last year in AAA with the Texas Rangers, 
I called my parents. I called my wife. I called my brother. I called my sister. Told them that this was it. I had walked off the field. I had already called the GM, Chris Young, and let him know that I was, you know, opting out. They made the decision that they were not going to call me up. And I had walked off the baseball field for what I thought was the last time. And three days later, got a phone call from Brian Cashman and was in the lineup with the Yankees. So I say all that because, you know, some of the toughest moments of my career and failures have led to some of the most unforgettable moments that I, you know, that I would have otherwise never gotten to experience if I hadn't gone through those tough times. Um, you know, the last two years in St. Louis for me were a struggle. I didn't perform well um, at all. Uh, towards the end, I didn't get a lot of opportunity and didn't really deserve it. Um, and when I did get those opportunities, you know, I didn't capitalize on them. But I never felt sorry for myself. Um, I never, you know, doubted the fact that I felt like I could still play this game at a high level. And, I, and you know, I went out and, you know, tried to, you know, make a comeback and was successful doing it. And, you know, I don't regret at all, um, you know, my time in St. Louis. Uh, you know, I wish that it would have ended well. Would I like to say, sit here and say that I would have loved to, you know, ride off in the sunset, you know, like a – like Adam Wainwright's doing this year and finished my whole career there and, um, you know, just retire as a Cardinal. Yeah, that was the goal. But, you know, sometimes that doesn't work out. But, you know, I got to do something amazing last year and play for the New York Yankees. You know, I'm getting to do something amazing this year and getting to play for the San Diego Padres who have a legitimate chance of winning the World Series. And, you know, those are some of the blessings that came from some of the struggles. And, you know, I've, I've been really fortunate and happy that, you know, I've gotten those opportunities. Amazing perspective. Thank, thank you for sharing that. With that being said, how the hell did you not cry that first at bat back in St. Louis? <laughs> I, so I, I had the glasses on for a reason, you know. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that I was getting pretty choked up um, and uh, just doing my best not to completely break down because there was a competition taking place. So I tried my best to stay in that moment, but it, it was certainly emotional. Um you know, my family all being there as well. I mean, they, you know, they were very emotional and um, it was, it was a cool moment for sure. What was the competition? <laughs> Just trying to execute in that bat, um, you know, trying to have a, oh. yeah, trying to have a good plate appearance Got in it. the midst of, I thought, a very I thought somebody, somebody, I thought somebody had bet you how quick, how quick you were going to cry. That's what I thought the competition was. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that would have been a bad bet for me to to go with because I, I I'm not sure I would have won it. Yeah. Uh, by the way, did you tell uh, Yachty or Pujols that um, you have a way better career ERA than they do on the mound? <laughs> no, you know I never thought about that. Uh, yeah, no, I never thought about that. But you're right. You're right. I do. Yeah. I mean, you worked, I think, an inning and a third against your current team, the San Diego Padres. In fact, I think you got Kim to fly out to the track or something like that. So, I mean, I don't oh, yeah, know I how many guys to... have a – yeah, go ahead. I told him right away. I told him right away. Uh, so I went up to his translator, Leo, and I was like, hey, Leo, I need you to you know, tell Kimmy something for me. He's like, yeah, what's that? And I was like, let him know he's 0 for 1. <laughs> and and he got a, we got a good laugh out of it. Were you so... throwing knuckleballs? I was just trying to throw it as slow as I possibly could. 
there's one thing that I've learned having faith in a ton of position players is if you're throwing it, if you're trying to throw hard, which none of us throw, I mean, some guys do, but I, but if you're trying to throw the ball hard, that that's when you get hit. If you try to throw it as slow as you possibly can, you have a way better shot. And I was just literally throw. I was literally trying to throw it as high as slow as I possibly could and was able to get a few fly outs and a ground ball. Uh, by the way, nobody wants to be on the wrong end of this stuff, but it happens. You know, I mean, you're going to play 162 games. You're going to get your balls kicked in at some point. Have you told Bo Mel that you're available? I'd have, you know, I mean, I'm hoping that we had, a, we had an opportunity and we went with uh, Brandon Dickman. He, uh, he got to uh, throw an inning this year. So, and it was a quick decision. He, he didn't even look my way. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to keep, keep politicking for it. Because I'm yeah. certainly willing and and able. Okay. And the numbers don't um, lie. No, the numbers don't lie. But then again, there's part of you probably that doesn't want to screw with a zero ERA. You are right. I do like the fact I got a ball at home in the trophy case that you know has that zero on there. I want to keep it that way. <laughs> Today's episode of the Chris Rose Rotation presented to you by these guys over at Shady Rays. I want you to take on the sun with gear that is built to last. In fact, our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with premium, polarized shades at a very affordable price. Shady Rays offers world-class products just as good as any expensive pair. And guess what? They're going to keep money in your pocket. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in the history of eyewear. I told you this countless times. If you sit on your glasses, if you lose them in the ocean, if you misplace them, even on day one of ownership, they don't care. Because it's backed by lost and broken replacements, which means you call Shady Rays. You say, Shady Rays, I broke my shades. How much do I owe you? Nothing. You are nothing. They are going to replace them. Even on day one of ownership. Even on day one of ownership. So if you lose or break a pair, it's fine. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back along with your purchase. And exclusively to our listeners, Shady Rays has given out their best deal of the season. So head on over to ShadyRays.com. I want you to use the code word ROSE. You are going to get 50% off two-plus pair of polarized sunglasses. My God. By the way, if I look as good in these sunglasses, how do you think you'll look? Though? You guys are a fun team. I think you have probably, if we were to rank the teams 1 through 30 in terms of swag, Padres are probably top two or three at least. And the latest installment of it has been the sombrero and stuff. Who is in charge of the sombrero? So it's it kind of rests at Tati's locker, Tatis's locker. Um, so I would say he's it's he is the the keeper of it. And, you know, the sombrero, we it's passed along to the player of the game. So, you know. Last night, Manny hit a big three-run homer late to kind of seal the deal, and Manny is now in, in possession of the sombrero until we pass it along to the player of the game tonight. So it kind of it kind of moves around the clubhouse. Now, does it stay in the clubhouse, or did he wear it back on the bus? Is he is it in his hotel room right now? It's in the it stays in the clubhouse. So he'll, you know he's wearing it during the post game celebration, and then he'll hang it at his locker. It's like a badge of honor until the following night. Okay. And then the uh, the pinata stuff. I saw you take a hack at the pinata. I mean, somebody's got to be responsible for buying the pinatas. Those things aren't just lying in a clubhouse. 
we got amazing we got an amazing clubhouse staff that's been an over backwards to keep this pinata narrative going right now so shout out to to the to the san diego padres clubhouse staff is, is about as good as it gets um because that's not an easy job i mean I, I was in the i was dh in the first day we had it in san diego and i was back in my locker watching six guys try to hang a pinata from the middle of a clubhouse with screws and bolts and you know maintenance workers it was a quite the production and uh they found a way to do it and we ended up winning that night and smacked a pinata down candy flew everywhere trash everywhere and i mean they're they're troopers with good good guys to keep this thing rolling for us at 37 years old do you uh partake in the candy eating i don't no oh. no Okay. Yeah, I try to I gotta avoid the sweets as best as best as I can. Um, I saw Buzz Lightyear as one of the pinatas. What else has been out there? Uh we've had a I think it was a frog. We've had Buzz Lightyear, we've had uh a star. Um uh, it's just I mean it's literally it's been all kinds of things. And uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if we're I don't know if we're trying to do something new every night. I haven't seen a repeat. There hasn't been I haven't seen two of the same yet. So it's been something different every night. Okay. I'm gonna throw my two cents in on this. I think we should start customizing these and make them um either mascots of the teams that you're playing. Because, you know, that's fun. You know, if let's say you play the Phillies and you beat them and take a swing at the Philly fanatic, or just some generic guy in a Phillies, Dodgers, Giants uniform, whatever. You know, let's let's up it a little bit. I like where your head's at. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna spread the word. I think that I think you're onto something here. Thank you. Now, I do have to ask you this because you played the Dodgers last weekend and you are in LA this weekend. Did you see the Kershaw crying meme? I did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta tread this lightly because I, I don't want to <laughs> upset anybody. But let me just, I'll just say, ton of respect for Clayton and his career and who he is and what he's about. I'll just leave it at that. Can I ask you this? If you were on the other side of it, if you were, let's say, you were in the other clubhouse, would you want to like approach Clayton as a veteran? At, or would you just kind of let him be and he'll figure it out on his own? I'll tell you what. I mean, I, I yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I, I don't, you know, I kind of, I would probably let it be. I'm just going to, you know, I, 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 that's kind of how I'm, t I'm handling the whole thing right now. Just trying to act like I didn't even see it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, you guys had to deal with something that was really uncomfortable this year with Fernando coming back from an 80-game suspension. As a guy who was not on the team before it, what did you want to hear out of his mouth the first time that he addressed it? But as a guy who's been around this game as long as you have. You know, I mean, look, I'm I'm, I'm in the sense, you know, I, I my stance on the whole thing is, you know, look, guys make mistakes. You know, I, I never want to be – uh, the type of person that's unwilling to forgive um, in any scenario, whether it be, you know, baseball related or not. Um, you know, I, I'm a believer in second chances. I'm a believer in forgiveness. And, and uh, you know, if, look, if you're, if you're someone that continues to 
to uh, break my trust um, repeatedly, then, you know, there might be a situation where I have to cut you out of my personal life. Uh, it's just kind of the way I am. But if you're someone that makes a mistake and you own up to it, you know, we can continue to be, you know, friends and I'm going to, you know, love you and care for you. And that was kind of my stance with, with him is like, look, you know, guys make mistakes, you own up to it, you address it and we move past it. And, you know, he's a great, I, you know, from my experience being around this guy, this is a great guy. He's a great human being, a good player, obviously, but uh, just a young guy who made a mistake and um, has owned up to it and has come back with his hat in hand and, you know, doing his best every day to be a good teammate and an ambassador of the San Diego Padres and not just that major league baseball. I mean, this is a, this mm -hmm. is a, a generational talent. Um, you know, let's not forget the fact that, I mean, this guy was on the cover of MLB, the show. I mean, he's one of, and he still is. I mean, I watched the guy, like the, the reaction he gets from fans, wherever we go, um, you know, kids, even adults, they they love this guy. I mean, he's 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 a such a thrill to watch play the game of baseball. So, you know, I, I'm I'm a huge fan of, of you know his. Um, you know, I love who he is as a teammate, and you know, I'm I'm pulling for him to have a great career and a great season for us this year, and just this this be something that you know is forgotten about. Yeah, here's where I sit as a fan, right? Like he was one of my there aren't a lot of guys that have come up in my five plus decades of being a baseball fan where you're like, holy shit, I got to watch this guy every minute I can because I might see something new. Right. I mean, twice in his rookie year, he scored on a tag up to a second baseman or something. It, amazing. He has served his penalty and you can think about whatever you want, how he has run his life to this point and the decisions that he's made. But once you serve your penalty, to me, it's done. Like, what sort of society do we live in where we're just going to continue to grind people down and just say, oh, fuck it. No, no, you did something bad. I'm not going to let you back in. Like, that's not where, where my heart lives. Some people might, and I can't judge them for that, but that's where I sit. For sure. I mean, I, and I'm with you. I mean, look, there's nobody that's walked the planet Earth that hasn't made a mistake. I mean, or done something, you know that they regret or, you know, what have you. I mean, I, you know, I've done plenty of things that, that I wish I could take back and, you know, I've made mistakes in my life. And if I wasn't able to be forgiven, you know, that, you know, that would be a tough, that would be a tough life to live. And so, you know, like I said, you know, when you, when you make a mistake, you own up to it, you serve the penalty and we move forward. You know, I'm, I'm I agree with you. Uh, you have nothing to apologize for, for your college football team last year. Damn, was that a fun Oof. run. Holy. Oh, did man. you go to either of the playoff games? I didn't miss a single one. Yeah, we uh, – yeah, it was incredible. I I was – once we, you know, unfortunately um, eliminated from the ALCS, uh, you know, I went back to Fort Worth and I didn't miss a single game. And uh, it was quite, quite a run, quite a thrill. The city of Fort Worth was obviously just – absolutely uh ecstatic and just such a the energy was crazy and um you know all my college buddies and just you know it was just like it felt like a reunion all every every home game and then throughout the whole postseason with them it was a lot of fun i mean for you guys to do what you did against michigan in that second half i hope you let cronenworth like a, you just play it on your phone occasionally and just walk past him since he's a michigan guy 
let them have it. Oh yeah, we've had some we've had some some good conversations about that game. He still had he's still not taking it well. Yeah, he's, it's still something that he, he thinks about. Being Those are Ohio tough State ones for fan, Yeah, I can tell you this. They just they're so they're so uppity. Those Michigan people. Nobody expected us to win that game. Yeah, they were they were caught off guard to say the least. Now, how many beers did you have the next week out at SoFi Stadium for the national championship? Because that one got long. That was that was a tough one. Yeah, yeah, we uh, certainly we we popped a few, and I'm not sure how many plays I watched in the second half. I was at the game, um, but I, yeah, it was ugly. It was ugly. Did Arietta but, go with you? You know, I was, I was, I was all over him about it. It's like, man, I, I, you know, how how can you miss this? Um, but no, no, he wasn't there. I know why, because he probably didn't know what planet he was on. You and I both know Jake. <laughs> he probably he 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 gave me the family obligation story, so I just left it at that. Okay, he was probably doing naked Pilates. Okay. I I mean, there's a chance. I mean, I'll tell you what, though. If I look half as good as he does when I'm retired, I'll ridiculous. take it. The guy's in incredible – it's ridiculous shape. Absolutely ridiculous shape. Was he always that way? Was he that way at TCU? He was, man. And uh, I give – Jake is a guy who had a, a pretty big impact on my career and my – like own personal fitness journey. So I don't know, not, not a lot of people know, but I was not in great shape as a college, uh, first two years of college. Um, just like, you know, typical, like, you know, you hear the freshman 15 types of deal. Like I got to college and I ate too much fast food and I drank too much beer and I didn't sleep and I gained a bunch of weight and I wasn't in great shape. Ended up getting hurt. It's part of the part of this my story of why I was in college for five years. So like the first two years, I kind of messed around. Um, you know, didn't didn't really take care of the things I needed to take care of, and got out of shape. Ended up blowing out my elbow, Tommy John, as a position player, which is complete. I mean, it doesn't happen a ton, although we've seen it with Bryce Harper, but it's it's it is still is rare. And uh, mine was I I really do believe mine was a uh, you know. A uh, partly because of the poor shape that I was in, and so Jake uh, was the exact opposite as a college athlete. I mean, this dude was like, I've never like I'd never seen someone train the way that this guy trained and eat the way that this guy thing. I never really like knew. I didn't know anything about nutrition, so I was like, I watched like, why are you eating chicken and rice? Like, what is it? Like, what is this? Like, you know and like naive to the, just what it was to fuel yourself the right way where I'm like crushing, you know, fast food and just questioning, you know, why this guy's doing what he does. So when I decided that, uh, after I, I blew out my elbow, I decided that I was going to make a change. And, um, you know, a lot of my change, like I just kind of started following and doing the things he was doing and, um, you know, it helped me out a lot. So, you know, that was a long-winded answer to your question, but yes, Jake has always been that way. Super, super regimented in his weightlifting and the way he eats and all that stuff. Yeah. I think I read you were 240. Is that what it was? Yeah, I was like 240 and like, I mean, probably, I mean, I don't even know what the body fat percentage was, but it was high. And I, cause I wasn't strong. I mean, I, I'm barely, 
I didn't. It's not like I was two forty like strong. It was like soft two forty. It was not good. And um, yeah, I mean, I I needed to make some serious changes, and thankfully, was able to do that. I can't imagine you. What are you two hundred right now? Maybe I'm like two two ten, but okay. like two ten two ten, and you know, somewhat strong. You know, like muscular and two forty, and not very muscular. And not very strong. We already talked to the Just people that were working out in the gym next to you. They, they were like, God, the guy, he doesn't look strong, but he was putting it up today. That Minneapolis <laughs> gym. So there you go. Well, I appreciate That's that. The way. Absolutely. Um, we're going to let you go in just a second. But does this feel like it's World Series or bust based on the way that the Padres spent in the offseason and the talent you've accumulated? Yeah, I mean, I think from from a player's perspective, you know, that's the goal. You know, I mean, that's that's our mentality. I mean, we're going to be disappointed um, if we don't walk away at the end of the season ho hoisting that trophy over our, over our shoulders. I mean, that that is the goal, the expectation, and you know, we're going to be one of many teams um, that will be disappointed if they don't do that so yeah i mean i think that's a fair assessment that you know we want to win this thing and if we don't we're going to be super disappointed about it yeah well i don't think there's that many teams i gotta be honest with you the, the way some of these jokers don't spend in the league padres dodgers I, I, Mets. i totally i totally agree i think that look every team goes into spring training this is what i said this at you know, to somebody in our spring training this year is like every team comes into spring training saying, Hey, we want to win the world series, but really there's about 10 truly that have that mean it, that mean yeah. it and have a chance. And that might be high. 10 might be high. I think it's high. I think it's high, but I agree with you. And I love it that Peter Seidler has done what he's done. By the way, have you talked to the boss man, the owner? He's a stud. He's a stud. Such a, such a stud. Like, Got him a great mustache too. I don't know if you've seen that. Well, come on, it doesn't. What? It, as you can see, I mean, the last time you saw me, I was clean shaven. So I've just tried to beard out the last couple of years. But yours is as push broom and pro as it gets. I'm part of lots of you know. I'm holding on to this with your life. This is the last part of my facial hair that doesn't have gray in it. Yeah, so we're I'm just wondering how you did that. You don't color yeah, that at all. No, no, no. This is all natural. Now, if I grew my beard out like you, we'd be a lot of salt and pepper down here. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm. This is my. This is the last remaining dark hair on the body, on the face. What is, what is, what does the wife think of? Does she like a beard as opposed to a mustache? My wife is extremely sweet and. So I have to take that with a grain of salt, but she says she loves my mustache. But she, I mean, do I believe the fact that she would tell me she hated it if she hated it? I'm not sure she would. So how she really feels about it, I'm not sure. But I think she, I, I do think she likes it. I would think of going full handlebars. You and handlebars, that would, I mean, if you could just get a little it, longer. I, I mean, I, it, the, it, I could do it. It's a matter of do I want to do it? It's, you know, I don't know. That's that's a there's a commitment level there that I'm not sure I'm, I'm willing to make. You got to have the wax and the whole, you know, that's one extra thing to pack. I'm a, I like to travel lightly. 
Come on, how big is the wax? We're talking this you big. Know, you don't but, think the clubbies could hide it in a pinata on the way at somewhere? They, they probably could. They probably could. But I mean, it's just one extra thing to deal with. But if it, it, you know, we'll see if there's hits in it. I'll do anything for hits. Hell yes. All right, we're gonna spin the wheel of moderately interesting things, which we have not done in a while. But people were getting pissed at me that I hadn't brought it out. So here we go. The very simple question. Oh, grade A. How were your high school grades? Oof. Oh, hell. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I'll just, I'll just, you know what? I'll just, I'll just be honest. So, I lived under the motto, and I am so like embarrassed to say this, but I did the absolute just bare minimum in school to make sure that I was eligible to be on the field for baseball. I'm by no means am I like you know, I would I would be honest with you if I if I say it. I, I if I wanted to be um, I could have been a good student towards the end of my college career I started taking it a little bit more serious and made good grades like the last two and a half years of college and finished with a degree and but high school and first two years of college like it was just absolute bare minimum to make sure I was eligible to play so not good is the answer Okay, but you know what? I like that you finished strong. You got your degree. Finished strong. And, and you know, I, I've got kids now, and I just, you know, I'm totally, like, ashamed of that mentality and the way that I went about that. And, I, you know, I hope one day that they see this, and I hope you do the opposite of that, Cannon and Kinley. Hey, we're here to teach. Okay. That's Not right. And for all and for all the kids that are listening out here, your grades are way more important than baseball or, or any sport that you're playing. So right. you know, don't don't follow in my footsteps. Unless you can consistently hit them 420 in high school. Then yeah, we'll if you really yeah, learn how to hit a three two slider, then you can you will get we'll give you a pat. Yeah. Which is why my son's studying for the APs right now. Thank you. Uh, this was awesome catching up with you, man. I'm I'm so happy that we were able to do this, and you're in an amazing place right now, and you just seem well centered. God, it's good. I love I love hearing all this. It's good. Chris, thanks, man. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Tell all those guys in the Padres clubhouse to say hi, and I will see you in a month when I uh, go visit my Cleveland Guardians down there in San Diego. This will be a lot of fun. For our uh, one-of-a-kind producer, Robbie Scirocco, and the soon-to-be-wearing Fu Manchu, Matt Carpenter of the San Diego Padres. I am Chris Rose. We'll see you next time on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media.